I think that comes back to like where your work environment is and making sure that you can create a work environment that sort of fosters that focus time. Uh, and if you do end up getting distracted, like sometimes I get distracted or just like need a mental break, then just allow yourself to have that break. Like just for five minutes, go into a different room, like go and get yourself a cup of tea or do the laundry or a chore that you've been putting off or something. Like just go and do something else to kind of give yourself that mental break. Welcome to Design Life, a podcast about design and side projects for motivated creators. I'm Femke. And I'm Charlie. And I've got some exciting news that Design Life has now had over 100,000 unique listens. Oh, that means... MG. Oh my gosh, that is just a crazy number and very exciting. It's easy to feel like, I suppose, when we make these episodes that we're just talking to each other and talking just to the people who join in the conversation on Twitter because those are the only faces we see, you know. So hello to everyone out there who is listening and uh, doesn't feel ready to join in yet, but we know you're listening and we really appreciate it. Yeah, there's over 100,000 of you listening. So, wow, that's kind of scary, but also super awesome and amazing. So, Thank you if you have listened to the podcast once or 10 times or all 64 of them. Thank you so much for listening to the show. We appreciate it more than you know. Definitely. Today's topic that we have for you is one that we've been mentioning a few times in previous episodes. We're going to talk about remote working because now both Femke and I work remotely, which is exciting. So we've got some advice to share and some questions to answer. Should be a good show. First, though, Fema, a quick update on your projects. How are things going? Projects are in the planning phase, which cool. is kind of my favorite phase, I think, actually. <laughs> uh, so currently just trying to plan some stuff, get it all down on paper so that when it comes to actually doing them, I'm like fully focused and I know exactly what I'm going to do. So hopefully that will make it much easier to handle. So, yeah, going well, just preparing and planning for upcoming things and yeah, having a good week so far. That's good. I feel like right now I'm in the phase well the, of this week anyway where I'm having to really cut back on the things that I thought I could achieve before I go to San Diego tomorrow. I was a bit ambitious. I'd hope to get two more videos filmed than I will be able to, but I what I've done is just remind myself that I'm the one who wanted to get ahead. No one's waiting on me for it. And so if it's going to harm the video quality, if I try and rush to film them today in my lunch break then that's not a good thing. And, you know, I should definitely wait and just put up the fact that I don't have as much buffer as I wanted to and film them when I get home instead. So making sensible decisions, I think, to cut back on the amount of stuff I'm doing. Yeah, I I don't know if this makes it any easier for you, but I guess the only person you're really disappointing is yourself. Totally, exactly. (laughs) Yeah, I really wanted to get further ahead with videos this month to like have saved up in my bank so that I could focus next month more on other things I am ahead now like I've got uh, I think I'm a week ahead so I don't have to be filming and editing in the same week which is good so I I guess I should just be happy with that Um, I'm looking forward to an 11 hour plane ride where I can do lots of planning too yeah are you planning to do any videos while you're over in San Diego well I'd like to do a vlog we'll see how my workmates feel about it (laughs) but yeah that's the idea anyway Cool. And your your trip to San Diego is for work, right? Yes. So I see where you're going here, Fem. This is a nice <laughs> tie to the topic. <laughs> so 
So my new job, you might have heard me rave about it in past episodes. I work remotely now for a email marketing software company that helps uh, bloggers earn a living and do their email marketing. It's called ConvertKit. And the company is, well, I guess I'd say based in the US just because most of the staff are there. But Mm -hmm. there's not like one main head office or anything like that. Everyone is remote. There is one office that uh, three people in Nashville can work in if they choose. But for the most part, it's a remote company which has been a new experience for me. Yours is a little different though, right, Fem? Your remote situation? Yeah, so I work for Atomic, which is based in New Zealand, and all of my workmates live in New Zealand, so I'm the only non-New Zealand-based employee. We do have a couple of uh, people in New Zealand who work in a different city from the HQ. But the major- majority of the team is in HQ, which is in Wellington. We've got two people in the South Island and then me over here in a completely opposite time zone. Uh, there's 12 hours at the moment between Amsterdam and New Zealand. So like literally they're having dinner when I'm having breakfast, basically. Yeah, that is a tough time difference. At least for me, I have a crossover in the afternoon when most of my team is online. Yeah. Yeah. So for me... My entire work day, like nobody else is really online because they're sleeping. So that's, I don't know, like I've, I've found in the past when I've tried to do research on remote working uh, that a lot of the articles and, and resources provided are really to support people who are working remotely but in the same time zone. And I found it really difficult to find resources around like working in completely opposite time zones and and when there are articles about that because there are a couple uh most people are lucky enough that they do have some kind of overlap like your situation where the Mm. hours even though you're in a different time zone you do have a couple of hours in the day overlap Uh, but unfortunately my situation is very unique where there's no overlap whatsoever so I've struggled in the past to find you know some resources about that so It's really been a year and a half of trying to figure everything out on my own uh, in terms of how to sort of manage that effectively. Well, this is good because hopefully you can share some advice and things you've learned in this episode and you can use this as a resource for people who are in your situation because I'm sure that you are not the only person in the world. Surely, I can't. I can't be the only person. (laughs) How many billion people are there? There must be one other. (laughs) Must be. So where do you want to start um, with this? Should we talk about time zones and communication I guess first off because yeah I think that when you work remotely communication is so essential like having good communication and good methods of communication is really the only way to get things done because you can't just lean over to someone at the desk next to you and ask for an update on a project or chat through something with them you have to be really smart about how you communicate especially when you're not in the same time zone so what uh, communication tools, I suppose, does your company use? Yeah, so I try to approach communication with the mentality of purposefully over-communicating. Mm-hmm. Uh, because like you said, you know, you can't just reach over to someone. There's no one next to you around you. And so I always like make try and make a, an effort or an attempt to really over-communicate uh, because even if you feel like you're over-communicating, the reality is you're probably not. Like you're probably communicating just enough because uh, it's really easy to under-communicate and think like, oh, no one's going to need to know this or it doesn't matter or, or whatever. 
Uh, so I always try to really over communicate whenever I do communicate with my colleagues. And the main tool that we do use to communicate is Slack. Uh, and if you're listening and you don't know what Slack is, it's basically, I don't know, how would you describe it, Charlie? Like one giant chat app where yeah. you have like different chat rooms almost for different topics. Yeah, it's really great for work, I find. Um, we use that as well. At Convoke, we use Slack, different channels for different teams and different projects. Uh, it seems to be a really good way to communicate. And I think it works only if the team make it work, though. You don't mm. like you can't just rely on the tool. So if people need to do things like reply in threads, which you can do now, or you know, make sure they're replying in the right channel and taking the right people, making posts rather than just um, writing it in the chat window so that things are easy to find for people. Basically, I think with communication, they call it asynchronous, right? When you're not just chatting back and forth, you have to think that, okay, I'm putting this here and I need to make it easy for someone when they come online to find it and see it. So you're just going to make sure you have that in mind. Yeah, I used to be really conscious about tagging my team members in in the app, in the chat, in Slack, uh, because I was like, oh, well, it's the middle of the night for them and they're sleeping and I don't want to wake them up. Like, what if they get a notification on their phone and it's them asking for a file or something? Uh, and so I was really conscious about not doing that. And then I brought that up with the team and everyone was like, oh, like, don't hold back, just, like, tag us, it's no problem, we'll just see the message in the morning and get onto it, like, it's better for you to just tag us so that we can see it, uh, rather than not tagging us at all and then it gets missed, so I, I consciously now always, if I need something from someone, even though I know that it's, like, 3am there, and I don't need it right right away, obviously, uh, but I'll still make an effort to tag them so that they can see that in the morning. Yeah, I think if they've got notifications on, that's their own bloody fault. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, well, if you want your phone dinging in the middle of the night, that's your choice. Yeah. <laughs> so what about more, uh, what, what's the word for it? Like casual or personal communication? Because obviously it's great. Slack is great for work talk and asking for files or asking for feedback, sharing feedback, etc. But something that I was aware of moving to a remote company, coming from one where everyone's in the same office, is that those personal conversations you have with people to get to know your workmates better. And I don't know, I feel that you work better with people once you do know them on a personal level, you know? Yeah. So how, how does that work on your team? I suppose it might be different because you worked with them in person first, but I don't know, any thoughts to share on that? Yeah, that's what I was going to say is that I did used to work in the office before I left New Zealand. So I did know everybody personally, uh, but since I moved, obviously we had a few new people join over the years, so I hadn't met them in real life. Uh, and I just purposefully made that effort to like send them a private message and just say like, hey, welcome to the team. Let me know if you have any questions about X, Y, Z or whatever and sort of try to get to know them that way. Uh, and the other really nice thing is that I get to go back once a year to see everyone. Cool. So I just went back. Like I only got back a week ago, not even actually, uh, and got to meet the new team members that had joined over the year. And I mean, nothing beats like personal face-to-face -face mm. communication, right? So now I've been able to spend some time with those people and so, you know, developed a bit more of a relationship with them. And, uh, you know, now it's easier to talk on that personal level through Slack if, if we wanted to. Yeah, that's cool. What I did when I started, because I've not met my teammates yet, but I will as of tomorrow, I Soon. guess. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> this weekend. Uh, 
but when I started, I was encouraged to set up one-on-one calls with people. We use Zoom as a like video calling app, I suppose. And yeah, they encouraged me to reach out to people and just have a chat. And so I've had a, like a half hour or maybe more video call with almost everyone on the team. I think there's wow. about like four people I haven't. That's cool. Yeah, but it was just cool because we just chat and get to know each other, their background, their story, um, how they came to be here and, and their side projects as well. So that's been really awesome because then when you chat via text, you know, in Slack, you know what that person's voice sounds like and you've you've seen their voice come out of their face and so you can sort of connect more personally to their messages and yeah we have uh, meetings as well which I guess would be hard for you being in the wrong time zone yeah um, but there's about there's like three or four meetings I have a week that are like uh, set in the calendar and we get to chat to everyone there and they're not all just updating your task list we do make sure we like ask each other about our weekends and plans and things and try and get that personal communication going too, which I really enjoy. And I'm really glad that they already had that in place when I started. So it's nice and seamless and yeah, it's great. Yeah, that sounds nice. I always try and encourage video whenever we have a, a meeting or a call. Yeah. Because uh, it just adds that extra, I don't know, personality. Like it's more personal, you know, and you can see someone and actually see their facial expression and their emotion. You can kind of understand better you know, what they're communicating. So I always try and encourage video whenever uh, I am joining a meeting with people. Uh, Otherwise, for the most part, uh, the team actually records the meetings and then I rewatch them later on uh, because usually the meetings are around 4 a.m. my time. Ah, yeah, you're not going to wake up for that. (laughs) I'm not, yeah, I'm not really inclined to get up for that. Uh, So I just watch them like four hours later when I start at 8 o'clock and just catch up there. So now that you're working from home, what's your your working home environment like? Have you changed that purposefully since you started working from home or kind of left it as how it was beforehand? Well, because I already did a lot of work from home, you know, with my side projects and every now and then I'd work from home whenever I could really for my last job too, when there was a reason to. I already had a desk in the setup that was I was fine with, but I have been adding to it since uh, working remotely permanently I suppose because I want to make it the most ideal setting possible because you know I'm the only one to blame if it's not (laughs) the perfect thing for me right so I've been adding like I've bought a monitor and I'm working out uh, my desk I want to make it a larger standing desk than what I have right now and so I'm yeah slowly adding to it but with the intention of making it the ideal workspace for myself what about you? What about your workspace? I know you're lucky enough to have a whole extra room in your house that you can use in the, as an office, which I'm very jealous of because yeah, <laughs> yeah, I just work in this little alcove in my living room, which is nice because it's got lots of natural light and I'm right next to a window. But I would like to have a, a separate office room. We'll keep things tidier, I think. Yeah, so we fortunately do have a spare room. It's not that big, so it's... It's not hugely spacious, but yeah, it's cozy enough to to hold a desk or two in there. So I have my desk in there and I've got quite a large desk. Like I purposefully got a larger size desk because I knew that I was going to be spending basically all of my days there. Mm. Uh, And like you, I have a monitor. I have a little stand for my laptop that sits on the side. Uh, And, you know, I, I try to decorate it with some artwork and things like that. 
unfortunately, it's not sit to stand, but I would really love to be able to have that option. If I am craving, like wanting to stand for a little while, I'll usually go to a cafe uh, and stand at like the the bar or something. Oh yeah, cool. Uh, which is kind of nice to get out of the house sometimes. You know, I think my record is maybe four days without leaving the house once, which wow. I'm not particularly proud of, uh, to be honest. But it's really easy to just like not have to have a reason to to leave the house when you work from home. Yeah, I've been having trying to force myself to go leave the house and work from cafes or whatever because it's easy to think, oh, but I don't want to waste the you know, five, 10 minutes that I would spend right. walking to that cafe. I could just stay here. Right. But yeah. that walk is important as well. You know, you've got to stay active. Uh, so I'm trying to convince myself to do that more often. And I've been cafe working, I think, three times this week. So that's good. Oh, that's better than me. I've only been twice, I think. So there's still time. Winning. You can catch up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, something I'm looking into is joining a new sort of co-working studio space. Interesting. Uh, I've tried it in the past and it didn't really work out. So I ended up back home. Uh, but since being back with the team in New Zealand for the last six weeks, I've come to really miss that extra social interaction throughout the day. And so I'm looking at a new studio space that's about five minutes away. And so, yeah, that might totally change my work environment if I decide to go there. We'll see. Yeah. Interesting. The thing with us too, is that we both have different personality types you know, you're an extrovert, right. I'm an introvert. Yeah. So do you find you get lonely working from home sometimes? And, and like you said, you miss that um, social interaction, I suppose. See, this is going to make me sound terrible, but right now I don't miss that at all. Like, obviously I love my workmates and my last job. You might, but... like, you've only just started though, like yes, you're fresh exactly. into this. <laughs> I've been doing this for almost two years. And so for the last two years, my only like social interaction throughout the day is Mika, my cat. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't know, he's, he's, he's pretty talkative, but the conversation dries up pretty quickly. Yeah, I'm sure it goes pretty much one way. <laughs> yeah, basically. So yeah, you're right. I might find that eventually, but right now working in solitude really suits me. And when I go to a cafe or whatever, there's some other human interaction. I've also got uh, a good friend of mine lives just down the road and she's studying. So yesterday, actually, we went to a cafe together and worked from there. Oh, that's nice. So, and I know I know a lot of other freelancers in London as well that I need to make the effort to, you know, go and have those joint working and cafe times together because I, I have to force myself to <laughs> interact. <laughs> yeah, I think it's nice to have the option, right? Like yeah. it's nice to have that flexibility to be at home if you want to be at home, but also have that option to to go and hang out with someone or have some social interaction somewhere. So yeah, I don't know. I, I think I'm ready after working from home for so long to to have like that space. And I know that some people like to have that studio space because they physically like can't work from home. Like they can't focus and mm. so they need that like exterior environment, that exterior work space. Uh but for me I don't really have that problem. It's more just the quote unquote loneliness, you know, where I'd like to be able to hang out with some people. Do, do you struggle with like working from home and creating focus time at home? Because I know that a lot of people do, but I haven't really ever had that struggle before. I don't, I think because I was used to, you know, doing work and getting projects done at home before starting working remotely, it's not been a problem yet. Yeah. You know? I'm used to having a task to do and, and doing it because I've got all these side projects that I'm working on. 
So uh, yeah, I guess I can understand why people would get distracted at home if they mostly use home as their relaxation space, you know, and if you're working right next to the television and usually you're watching the television or whatever, it's totally understandable why that would be distracting. But I think when you already have side projects and are doing work, it's much easier to find that focus at home. But I have found that sometimes going to a cafe is a great thing for focusing on a particular task. Yeah, Like I totally. think we talked about in our focus time episode, you know, head there and get that task done. And that's a change of location can put you in a change of mind, I guess. And that's been really useful. Would you have any advice for maybe someone listening who is struggling to create that focus time in their home environment? I guess make sure you have a space set up for working. I don't know if it can work just working at the dining table or on the couch or whatever if you're a person who is easily distracted and is is finding struggling with that I think you need to give yourself a workspace you know that is not used for leisure activities like I'm not going to sit at my desk and browse the internet if I'm going to have some you know downtime browsing the internet I'll likely be sitting on the couch and on my phone or something so yeah my desk is my workspace and the space that I sit at to get work done and I think creating that that space is is quite important, especially if you are struggling with maintaining focus. What about you? Any advice to share on that? Yeah, just mostly the same thing is just to make sure that you create that environment that's dedicated to work so that once you're in that environment, like subconsciously, you're like, okay, I'm in my working environment, so now it's work time. Uh, and I've never, I mean, if you can avoid it, then I would avoid having your workspace in your bedroom Uh, I understand if people are flatting and stuff, that becomes a little bit difficult. But if you can have your workspace in a second room or a living room or something, just anywhere that's not the bedroom, I would really encourage that because, you know, we associate the bedroom with sleep and things like that. And you obviously don't want to be in the sleep mindset when you have to work. So, yeah, just making sure you've got that uh, physical separation from like wherever your relaxation area is and your, your work area is. Yeah, the, the thing about working from home or working remotely in general too is that you have the chance to create your ideal workspace. You know, mm-hmm. you there's no excuses really. You can, if you need to work in an office style environment, you can go to a co-working space like you said, Femme. If you need lots of natural light like I do, you can move your desk to be near a window. <laughs> you know, you can make these choices that you can't make when you're working in an office and there's a floor plan and, you know, all those sorts of things. So make use of that, I suppose, and don't take it for granted. Yeah, that's totally true. I guess you don't need to make these kind of sacrifices that I'm about to share. But uh, for me, I often have meetings like in my evening sometimes or maybe super early in my mornings. And I don't know, maybe someone listening is in that same situation where they're in a completely different time zone from their team. Uh, And I would recommend, like, if you're struggling with finding that overlap time with your team, I would recommend taking turns. So, like, sometimes uh, I might have a meeting in my evening, and then the next time it'll be in their evening, for example. And so we kind of swap it out so that one of us is not always having to sacrifice their their evening time. Yeah, that's really good. That's really important, too, I think, because that would be one of those little things that would drive you nuts if, if it kept up over a long period I do find myself on slack in the evenings a lot of the time 
not necessarily working, but just seeing what's Mentally, going on, joining yeah. in the conversation because the, things move faster, etc. But so, yeah, I'm going to have to make sure that I don't stress about doing that. I don't want it to be the expectation that I do that. And I've been told it's definitely not. And I've been told to get off Slack many times and like go and enjoy my evening, which is really nice. But yeah, I just have to, sometimes it's nice, I think, to join in and just chat as well. So I've been doing that, but yeah, we'll see how it goes. Yeah, I try to, to kind of like space myself out a little bit and not get too paranoid about working like nine to five on the dot. Like, for example, I I guess what I mean there is because I'm working remotely by myself in my own time zone, uh, when I'm working, it's... 100% 100% dedicated focus time because there's literally zero distractions for me. Yeah. Like Slack is quiet, Trello is quiet, nobody else is online. And so my my work time during the day for my day job is literally like 100% focus time. And so I, I try to make sure that I don't overwork during the day because I know that like maybe I'll have a meeting in the evening or I'll be joining in the Slack conversation in the evening to catch up with the team. And that can get exhausting pretty fast if I've already done like a solid eight hours of focus time during the day. And so I kind of always consciously make sure to like, you know, let myself chill out and space, space the day out a little bit and, uh, like, you know, if I want to spend 10 minutes folding the washing, then I'll go and do that guilt-free, you know? Yeah, that's really good. That's important. Should we go into some Twitter questions? Because We've got a lot yeah. of tweets, so, we, so yeah, I reckon we should get a stuck into it. So our friend Holly, let's start off with her. She asks, what do you find the most challenging about working remotely and what do you do to overcome that? Is your biggest challenge being by yourself, it sounds like? Uh... I would say the biggest challenge is the time zone difference, actually, because being by myself is something that can be fixed. Like I could join a co-working space or I could go to a cafe or meet up with a friend who freelances. Uh, But the time zone difference, like I cannot change that. There's nothing I can do to change the time zone difference. And so that's definitely my biggest struggle. Uh, And what was the second half of your question, how to overcome that? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I kind of feel like I've talked about that in terms of just making sure that I check in with the team, like when they're online, they check in with me when I'm online. Uh, we take turns having meetings in our evenings and we also make sure that we leave really uh, detailed notes for the for the other in their morning. So like my teammate Bradley will send me a private message at the end of his day that's got like really detailed notes like hey just to let you know here's what we did today uh this 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 is happening uh it'd be really cool if you could do this or whatever uh and I'll try try when I remember uh, to do the same for him uh so that when I come on in the morning I've got like basically a, a really detailed summary of what happened during the day which is really really useful yeah that's like you said before over communicate because yeah, you're not exactly. actually just communicating the right amount. Exactly, exactly. I think time zone is the biggest challenge for me too. Not, uh, how am I going to say this? Basically, it's out of the feeling that I'm off enjoying my evening and my workmates are working, even though I've worked mm. my full day, you know, but they're, they're doing stuff and having conversations and getting things done. And I feel like, oh, I feel like I'm slacking almost because I'm not, not there joining in on this you know so that's something that I personally need to just deal with myself and get used to I think I think it will be just a case of getting used to it um yeah and joining in when I get on in the morning and leaving sharing my thoughts then 
Yeah, I think there's no reason for you to feel guilty in the evening when your workmates are working. Because like you just said, you've already just done a full day. And so, yeah, yeah, I think you just need to deal with that. Jason said tips for conference calls. I know conference calls are often, you know, just that word is like the bane of any business existence. <laughs> yeah. Um, I would say do it on video and chat. And yeah, if, if you're video chatting, it almost, that's the closest you can get to being there, I think. You can talk face to face and yeah, just chat like humans. And I think when you're just talking an audio, I don't know. I don't connect with that very well. I find it hard to listen and pay attention, etc. So video is the way to go for me. Yeah, I have a couple things to add to that. So video, obviously, also screen sharing. Like if you're going through a Trello card together, uh, whoever's kind of leading the meeting should be sharing their screen because I find that super helpful. You can see exactly the context of what they're referring to. Uh, and the other thing, and this is more advice for those who aren't remote, uh, if you have someone who's remote on your conference call, it's always nice to purposefully check in to see if they have anything else to add to the conversation uh, because it's it's really difficult when majority of people are together in a room and then there's one person that's dialed in to be a part of the conversation. And so it's it's really helpful if, if you're the person in the room with the rest of the team, maybe just be like, you know, hey, Charlie, do you have anything else to add? Or, hey, Charlie, did you get that? Uh, hey, Charlie, what did you think about that? You know, do you have any questions? Uh, just asking that person that's dialed in if, if they're up to speed and they understood and they got everything can be super helpful because as the person being on, on the call that's dialed in, it can be really difficult to like interject or ask your questions. So yeah, advice for those who aren't remote, make sure that you put in that extra effort to include the remote person on the call. Yeah, that's really solid advice there. I really like that. Nani would like to know how we maintain focus and schedule our day as well as how our employer sets up our remote work, i.e. using Trello. So Mm. how does that work on your team? For me, it's pretty much the same, to be honest, as when I worked in an office. As a team, we set the projects and the, the deadlines and we keep track of things in a task management app. We use Asana at the moment. I think that's how you pronounce it. But it's... For me, it's not too different, to be honest, to when I was working in an office. Yeah, same. Uh, We also try to make the most of the fact that I'm in the opposite time zone. So, for example, I naturally like help out with customer support because I can cover this time zone, uh, which is super useful. And also things like, you know, my team might get halfway through something and I can pick it up and do the other half so like the momentum kind of keeps going on things you know because you can just hand off and it keeps going and so similar like we use Trello to kind of organize all of that as well as Slack to make sure that everyone's up to speed with things Uh, and in terms of maintaining focus I think that comes back to like where your work environment is and making sure that you can create a work environment that sort of fosters that focus time Uh, And if you do end up getting distracted, like sometimes I get distracted or just like need a mental break, then just allow yourself to have that break. Like just for five minutes, go into a different room, like go and get yourself a cup of tea or do the laundry or a chore that you've been putting off or something. Like just go and do something else to kind of give yourself that mental break. And then I find that when I come back, uh, I'm much more refreshed and ready to sort of take on the next focus time. How about scheduling your day when you've got only yourself to think about, I suppose? (sighs) Yeah, I 
I don't really schedule my day as much. I think because I've just got more of a routine, so I don't really need to think about scheduling. So like the first two hours of my workday, usually I'm always doing the same tasks, like reading the 350 Slack messages that I missed out on overnight (laughs) and uh, catching up on customer support and checking the Trello board to see what progress has been made, you know, reading all of my Trello notifications to see the status of the projects that I, you know, missed out on while I was asleep. Uh, So the first two hours of my day are usually like just playing catch up on whatever happened the day before. And then I, I just get stuck into whatever project I need to do that day. Nice. I've been using a, form of bullet journaling for my to-do list lately. So you've been using that for both work and personal? Yeah, actually mostly work because I still like using my app to do for my personal projects. You know, I'm obsessed with that app. But yeah, I've been using that. So at the end of every day, I'll write down my tasks. And that's really good for me because I can be writing things down and thinking about it and then knowing if I have to check in with anybody or need any information from anyone else on that because in my mornings it's just me from my team um, until about maybe like 3 p.m. in my afternoon with my marketing team anyway so I need to make sure that I get information from people or like tell them I need something before I sign off at the end of the day so that it can be ready for me in the morning so writing my task list for the next day at the end of the previous day is really good for reminding myself to do that and just you know checking in on the projects uh, this your your answer there might tie in nicely with uh, Talissa's question, uh, and they ask, how do you ensure that you don't get forgotten and that your work isn't given elsewhere and that your opinion is still sought? That is a good question. I think for me that's not a problem because my team is remote first, so everyone is used to being remote, right? And in my team, there's three of us in the marketing team at the moment. We're spread out. They're in two different cities in America, and I'm in London, so. No one is together and, you know, going to forget the other person. But I think communicating and being active in Slack is really important um, for this. Like even joining in on just casual, like more personal conversations in the random room or whatever is important just so that everyone remembers you exist, I suppose. And and not being afraid to jump into conversations as well when you think that your, your advice is needed as a designer as a marketing designer in particular, if I see people talking about a particular project, I'm definitely not afraid to jump in and be like, hey, is there any graphics needed on this? You know, make sure I'm across them, like happy to help out. And yeah, jumping in like that, just as you would, I guess, if you're in an office and you overheard people talking about a project that perhaps needed your input. I think you might have some better advice to share here though. So, Well, I don't know. I think a lot of it is about just having initiative. Like mm-hmm. you can't just expect the rest of the team to always think about you and always think, oh, we should ask Femme about this because uh, that's just not always going to happen. So like you said, like having that initiative to uh, notice conversations that are happening and jump in there yourself and, and offer your help is a really good way to to be a part of it. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, Fortunately for me, sometimes it's just not possible to to be a part of those conversations because decisions need to be made uh, quickly and I'm asleep. So unfortunately, sometimes the team just decides without me, uh, which like is okay. I'm okay with that because I trust them to to make the right decision. Uh, but if there's still an ongoing conversation that I'll you know read up on in the morning that's still ongoing, then I'll definitely just chime in myself with with my own opinion or, or advice or whatever. Yeah, I think that's good advice. 
Uh, Kyle asked, how do you go about getting remote clients? I would love to do more remote work, but I'm not that great at finding clients. I feel like, uh, I don't know, I feel like maybe we should take this opportunity to talk about how we maybe got our remote jobs instead. Yeah, totally. Though I did just have a thought just then that, I mean, technically all of my freelance projects I've done recently have been remote, I guess. I'm I'm used to not working in the same city as my freelance clients. Is it the same for you? Yeah, I I have only had one local client actually, I think. Yeah, I think that's just the case. Um, I So I guess advice for getting remote clients is just advice for getting any freelance clients, you know, putting yourself out there, et cetera, and positioning yourself as a designer. We'll link some episodes in the show notes about that. But yeah, you're right, Fem. Let's talk about how we got our remote jobs because I think it's becoming quite a desirable thing for your full-time job to be working remotely these days, mm-hmm. at least in the people I talk to who are likely going to have the same mindset as me because that's how humans work. So maybe that's why I think that. But yeah, how how did you go about working remotely for your company? So I was already working at Atomic when I lived in New Zealand. So I was you know, going into the office every day. And then I wanted to move overseas and had a chat to them about it. And they were really open to me keeping my job and working remotely. So that's unfortunately a bit of not really a helpful example, I think, for people listening. Uh, I was really fortunate and lucky to be able to do that and be in that situation. Uh, I know that probably not all work environments are that flexible. Uh, So it wasn't like I moved and then specifically sought after remote work. It just all kind of happened that way. Uh, But I know that you, Charlie, were kind of purposefully keeping your eyes open for remote opportunities, right? Because you wanted to start working from home and get rid of your commute. Yeah. Before that, though, I do want to say that I think that you sharing your story is helpful because if you're wanting to move somewhere else and not change your job, you shouldn't be afraid of asking, right? Yeah, What's the yeah. harm in asking yeah. if you can keep working for them? Maybe come up with a plan and explain how you see it working and, you know, maybe you work better remotely, so oh, I might be more productive this way. Who knows? I think that, yeah, don't be afraid of asking because what if you had it asked? Who knows? <laughs> yeah, this reminds me of my classic cliche advice, which I have shared on the show before, which is that you already have a no and so you could get a yes, so you may as well ask, right? you got nothing to lose. We, I think we need to make a poster of that saying, him. <laughs> yeah, that's a good idea. But, okay, my job anyway, yeah. I knew that the next job I moved to from my previous one would be remote work. You know, if mm-hmm. I was going to make a move, that's what it would be because my job was great and the office environment was one of the best office environments you could ask for, you know. So I wasn't going to go and move to another one. There'd, there'd be no point in that. But I was interested, like you said, in cutting down on having my commute because that was sucking a lot of time out of my day. Um, and I was lucky enough to be approached by Nathan Barry, the CEO of ConvertKit, and he wanted to hire me. So I guess I got my job from putting myself out there and all of this content I produced, because that's why I was invited to the conference that I met him at, etc. So yeah, I was putting myself out there, I suppose. But I will say that when I was looking for remote work, I wasn't just looking for any remote work either. I'd Previously, when I moved to London, I was working for a company that had an office in London, but the bulk of my team specifically that I worked with were back in New Zealand. So I was having the same struggles as UFEM with the time zone overlap and things, and I did not cope with it well. Um, I found it really frustrating to be left out of all decisions, and I did feel forgotten most of the time. So 
I knew that when I moved to work remotely, I wanted to work at a company that was remote first. So they had those systems in place and were used to communicating remotely and had a really good way of working, I suppose, and that I wouldn't have an, be having to be inserting myself into conversations and, you know, trying to encourage other people to change their habits. I thought that would just be too difficult for me because I'd tried that before and it had not worked out well. So I was really pleased that ConvertKit is a remote first company and has all their systems in place. So it was perfect for me. But yeah, I guess keep in mind the company that you're working remotely for and ask lots of questions about how they work and their team and try and talk to some team members, I suppose, if you can and get to know them a bit before accepting the role or, you know, going further with it. Because in a job interview, you're interviewing them as much as they're interviewing you too sometimes, remember, when you don't know much about the company. Yeah, so that's my advice. Yeah, awesome. That's great advice. And I'm pretty sure that there are... Uh, job board websites out there specifically for remote jobs so if you're listening and you're specifically seeking out a remote job then yeah go and check one of those out we'll we'll find them and we'll link them in the show notes yeah cool yeah I think working remotely is becoming more and more common these days and it will keep becoming more and more common um, as the tech industry in particular progresses I suppose so often, even on non-remote specific job boards, you see remote as the location <laughs> that's marked next to the Yeah, road. that's true. Any last words of advice for remote working you want to share before we sign off, Fem? Uh, I think, like I said at the start, is just over-communicate. Like, it definitely does take a bit more effort if you're a remote worker. And, and it's not for everyone as well. Uh, like, you have to be really proactive and show a lot of initiative uh, because people are going to forget you like that's just going to happen and so you need to really have that initiative to stay involved and be a part of conversations and also contribute to the company culture uh, that's something that I'm still like trying to learn how to do that as a remote employee in an opposite time zone is to still be a part of the company culture because uh, you know I can't show up for Friday night drinks and stuff like that so trying to figure out how I can still be a part of the culture is a challenge that I'm still trying to figure out at the moment uh, but if anyone listening has figured that out then please let me know uh, so yeah just over communicate and uh, make sure that you still are a really active member of the team yeah I like that nice last words of advice so Fem, where can people go to find all of our other episodes which do have advice on things like finding focus and work environments and things so where can they go they can go to designlife.fm and you'll see all 63 episodes. And you can also find us on Twitter. We are at designlife.fm and there you can be a part of our weekly conversations. Yeah, thanks to everyone who's sending questions for this episode. I see that we've had a lot of really awesome iTunes reviews lately. Yes. Do you want to read one out, Fem? I do. We've had some really nice reviews uh, in the last month, including this one from... Golan94 from the UK and they said there is simply no other resource out there today that represents the design industry so accurately and honestly. I have recommended this podcast to every fellow designer I know including those who have just graduated from art college as the Design Life podcast in a 20 minute episode will give them more practical and applicable advice than three years in 30k of art school. For those who want a great insight look as for those who want a great inside look into life as a designer in the present day, what it takes and how to do it well, look no further. Honestly, I just feel like every time we get a nice review like this, I want to cry. 
out of yeah. happiness and appreciation. So thank you for that lovely review. We would really appreciate it if you're a listener of this show and you've been enjoying it. Please head on over to iTunes and leave us a review because it helps us get the show out there. And also it gives us just all of the happy feels, doesn't it, Fem? It really does. So thank you very much to all of you who have given us a review. And also thank you to all 100,000 of you who have listened to our show. That's uh, just amazing. I'm speechless. Yeah, totally amazing. And we're going to keep making lots of more great episodes for you. So stay tuned, I suppose. And we'll see you next time. See you next week. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.